Hey, what's up, everybody? My name's MJ, and you're listening to the MTG in Quarantine podcast. As usual, I'd like to give a quick shout-out to my local game store, Guardian Games. You can find Guardian Games on the web at ggportland.com. Today's episode of the podcast is another in the Lightning Build series, where I bring an amazing special guest on to try to build a conceptual EDH deck around a commander that they had no idea about ahead of the time. So effectively, they're going to come on and try to build a conceptual EDH deck shell, roughly about some of the cards you would put in, win conditions, just some of the strategies or synergies they would like to have in that deck. But again, they will not know about that commander ahead of time. So that's where the real challenge and the lightning build comes in. All right, so I'm, without further ado, I'd like to reintroduce a returning guest to the podcast here today for this lightning build, reintroducing Chris, your commander mechanic. Welcome back to the show. Hey, MJ, thanks for having me again. Yeah, no problem. It's great to have you back on here, especially since uh, we did talk about this before the show, that you're actually really familiar with doing this kind of uh, work on your own channel. So this is right up your alley, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I've been doing a podcast with guests called Let's Do a Brew, where I have various guests on ranging from other content creators through to members of the Commander Advisory Group and even the Rules Committee on to talk about specific commanders and how they would build, just showcasing what people's different processes and building styles are. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that is completely within the exact same wheelhouse as this. So you are prepared for whatever I'm about to throw at you, right? Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. And again, where can people find your content in your Let's Do a Brew? Uh, Well, you can find me on YouTube by searching Commander Mechanic. I've got viewer-submitted deck techs, tune-ups, deck-building advice, format philosophy, and, of course, podcasts with cool people. You can also find me on Twitter, at CMDRMechanic, where you can see my takes on, of course, Commander, Magic, the format, whatever it might be, as well as a bunch of, you know, useless bullshit, too. (laughs) All right, all right. So, again, I'm going to go over the ground rules here real quick for all the listeners, in case this is your first time listening in. I have curated a list of legendary creatures from throughout Magic's history who I feel don't necessarily lend themselves to a single or maybe even two unique strategies only. So again, we're not going to be looking at anything that just screams tribal. I know I keep throwing Marwyn the Nurture under the bus on this one, but uh, you know, most of these or none of these are really going to have obvious tribal synergies. They're not tribal lords or anything like that. So effectively, the people who come on the on to do these lightning builds have to try to come up with something that they would like to build without really being told what to build off the card. So that's really where the fun is of this format. And I have chosen a perfect commander for you, Chris. I'm sure you've probably built this one. But again, if you haven't, I feel it's very topical. And your mystery commander match for today is a rare from M15, Kirkesh Onaki Ancient. Kirkesh is a... 4-3 Legendary Ogre Spirit, costing 2 Red Red, so you got Mono Red, and reads, whenever you activate an ability of an artifact, if it isn't a mana ability, you may pay a single red mana. If you do, copy that ability. You may choose new targets for the copy. Now, this seems to be something that we've gotten a lot of lately in Strixhaven as far as Magecraft and Instants and Sorceries, but you have Mono Red, you have artifacts, you have copying abilities. Go ahead, let's see what you create. 
Ooh, okay, so this one's very interesting. I've actually sunk my teeth into Kirkesh before over on my channel from a viewer-submitted deck tech, and that viewer submitted to me a really interesting energy-based build around Kirkesh, uh, a way to essentially double up on your energy spenders, which is really, really interesting. Uh, and in, in this case, this is a commander that showcases that any commander can be built in a million different ways uh, because there are so many activated abilities of artifacts that you can just really exploit try and crack open and try and get even more value out of if for instance in a build that i've done previously it was built around aetherworks marvel and using that energy and activated ability in order to cheat more spells off the top of your library in this case, ooh, what kind of activated ability of an artifact would I want to copy? So when I look at this, I'm like, what would be the most efficient way to replace the cost of an activation with a single red? And a few things pop into my mind right away about this. Uh, I would want to see if copying the activated abilities of artifact creatures would be okay. Uh, I'd want to see if there's uh, anything that would maybe multiply results considerably. Uh, for instance, Rings of Bright Hearth is a well-known combo piece that does almost the same effect, but in colorless. Whenever you activate an ability, you can pay an additional two colorless mana in order to double that ability. Well, in this case, whenever you activate an ability, if it's in a Kirkesh deck, you can do that now three times by paying just an additional three mana, a red and two colorless. So I would say regardless of what we're building around, a card like that would fit seamlessly into here. Uh, and, and then it comes to mind, what can we use that you would typically use with Rings of Brighthearth? Uh, because the two effects are near identical. And there are some ways to go infinite with that. Uh, for instance, Basalt Monolith. Uh, however, because this is a, a colorless, you wouldn't be able to use just colorless mana to double up on that. It would uh, really depend on the amount of red mana you can generate. Grim Monolith does the same thing, but again, that's colorless based. So my mind here goes to what other strong activated abilities do we have? Uh, well, let's see. There's things like Trading Post. Uh, how about Staff of Domination? where you can get these strong abilities and you can essentially get them multiple times on the card already because a lot of them feature untapping, like with Staff of Domination. In this case, you can pay to activate Staff of Domination, pay an extra one to get that extra activation, and then pay the colorless to untap it as well. And that would make me think, hey, that can potentially be a win con. We know Staff of Domination is potentially a win con in a lot of decks if you can generate infinite mana so how would we do that is that something that we want to do or do we want to keep this more to like a, a lower power fun kind of build um naturally i want to try and break things so i always look at like a, a mid power level where you've got some infinite combos in there but maybe that's not your primary line of building the deck uh what, what do you think about decks like that mj like uh Something that's a, a, a fun power level that has a lot of synergies or like uh, something with uh, some redundant infinite combo lines. 
Well, I mean, for me, I really kind of prefer the battle cruiser to mid power. That's just personally how I prefer to play the game. But honestly, Chris, since you do bring up an interesting point there, I'm going to leave it up to you. This is your deck tech for today. So I'm going to let you see if you want to keep it the way I would or if you just want to break it. You're free to go on and choose whatever you <laughs> wish to do. Okay, excellent, excellent. All right, so uh, process-wise, once the immediate cards jump to my mind, I typically like to write them down and create them as like a potential shell for a deck. So the cards that I mentioned, if they come to mind, I'm going to write them down on a list. I'm going to keep them in the back of my mind because maybe they aren't going to make the final list because maybe it evolves along the way. But what I do end up doing is I, first of all, go to Scryfall. Uh, I think for any deck builder, any brewer, Scryfall is a fantastic resource because you can do things like advanced searches. So you can look up all artifacts with non-mana activated abilities, for instance, uh, and see if something like that works and see what you can build around that. Um, now, uh, one of the things that popped into my mind that is a non-bow that doesn't work here is uh, the um, Strixhaven Stadium. I initially thought, hey, what if we act we were able to double up the activated ability on Strixhaven Stadium, but the activated on ability on Strixhaven Stadium is stapled to a mana generation ability. So Kirkesh doesn't actually work there. Uh, so that's a that's a non-bow, a non-combo. And it would be a lot uh, of the same with, again, you mentioned the monoliths, like Basalt and Grim monoliths, since those are mana abilities. You, unfortunately, even if you can tap and untap them, you're not going to be able to copy them with Kirkash. Well, either. the untap ability is what you're able to copy. Sure, sure. So with a, a second, uh, a second uh, instance of the untap ability, in response, you tap it for additional mana. Ah, sure, sure, uh, sure. So, so you essentially get a little bit further out of it. You trade one red mana for three colorless mana yeah. in it's, those instances. It's just not as easy to be able to pull off as, say, like a Zerda or something with Basalt Monolith, where it's obvious that you can just get that immediate synergy and you don't have to worry exactly. about uh, the exchange rate effectively. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that's a big part of it. That definitely is. All right. So, uh, so thinking of cards to use with this and cards with activated abilities um so i i'm going through a list of a few of these and we very clearly want an artifact heavy build that's what your commander is leaning into so uh let's say koldotha forge master would be a great add here because that activated ability to tap and sacrifice three artifacts to search your library for an artifact card and put it directly onto the battlefield would be great to double up on. Okay, uh, that's uh, it's a fantastic tutor. It's a great way to to cheat out bigger and better effects and maybe larger effects as well. Maybe we want the entire goal of this to get a Mycosynth lattice in play so that everything is an artifact. And that we can double up on the activated abilities of permanents that would normally not be artifacts in order to see how far we can break this, right? So that, that's that's one potential line here. But I think that regardless, Koldotha Forge Master would be a great include. All right. As, as I look at a few other instances here, uh, we've got, let's see... Uh, along almost that same vein, Scrapyard Recombiner out of Modern Horizons 1, where you tap and sacrifice an artifact to search your library for a construct card 
and put it into your hand. Searching for constructs would be great because, hey, guess what? We just talked about Kaldotha Forge Master, and that's a construct. We can put a few constructs in here, like Scrap Trawler and Foundry Inspector that have redundant synergies to just make the deck do better things. Scrap Trawler in particular, if we're sacrificing artifacts, then it's going to trigger time and time again. So I'm thinking like an artifact synergy, almost aristocrat style deck where we want to activate abilities to tutor things up either to our hand or directly to play and see if we can't get more out of that. There lists here. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just amazed that I just learned you can actually search Scryfall for this sort of thing. I actually I'm I'm not <laughs> ne anywhere near as much of a pro as you are or uh, again my friend Mono Whiteboarder Peter is at understanding all things about Scryfall, but yes, being able to utilize the advanced search, I I highly recommend this. There, there's nothing, nothing, no, there, there's no downside to doing that. It's just it's amazing how I think Scryfall can do to help you no matter what you're trying to look at. Absolutely. It is a fantastic tool for anybody that wants to brew and build on their own. And we'll talk about a few more as well, but I always like to start with Scryfall to get a bit of a foundation first before I look at some other options. Mm -hmm. So, uh, again, looking at my search here on Scryfall, there are a couple of non-creature artifacts that I'd be really interested in, uh, let's say, exploiting here. Uh, one would be Prototype Portal, for instance, where when it enters the battlefield, you can exile an artifact card from your hand, and then you can pay X and tap it to create a token copy of the exiled card, where X is the mana value of the exiled card. So, I mean... Let's say you start making soul rings with a prototype portal. That seems pretty good, especially if you're getting two soul rings a turn from activating it. Uh, think of how busted Osgear in Lorehold colors is when you can pay one mana and get two soul rings. But that's just one time. With something like Kirkesh and prototype portal, you can be getting two soul rings or two mana artifacts or even two artifact creatures each and every turn. And MJ, I think you and I both know how much I love getting multiple copies of cards in Commander. It is uh, one of the most satisfying things to do in a singleton format. When oh, you yes. You can say, yes. <laughs> my deck only has one copy of this card, but I have five copies of it in play right now. Yeah, it, it, except for what happens to me is I always conveniently forget about the legendary rules. So I always say, hey, <laughs> I, I can make a copy of this. And oh, wait, nope. Well, there, there goes the neighborhood, I suppose. Yeah, and that's why you've got to build decks around that. Uh, I mean, I, I always point to my Too Many Gyrudas deck, where the goal is to make as many copies of the legendary creature Gyruda as possible, but that's why we've got Sakashima of a Thousand Faces in the command zone to ignore that legendary rule. It's all about deck building constraints. Yeah, I, I always end up doing that in, like, red or something, where, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're, you're just screwed at that point if you oh, want yeah. to do that. Right, right. So looking at a few other inclusions for this list, uh, I think a great one would be Lithiform Engine. Lithiform Engine is a card that I always look at and see all of the potential value in it. But the fact that it comes down on turn four and it costs so much mana to activate, I always think, how many times am I going to activate this in a game? If it, if it costs four to play, and I'm paying two to copy an activated or triggered ability that I control, again, redundancy for Kirkesh's ability, 
I've paid six mana in order to do that. Compared to my commander where I'm paying five mana to do that, or Rings of Brighthearth where I'm paying four mana to do that. However, Lithiform Engine has a couple of other activated abilities on it. For three and tapping it, you can copy an instant or sorcery spell that you control. So in addition to the cost of actually casting it. And then for four and tapping it, you can copy a permanent spell you control. So uh, that means if you cast another artifact by paying an additional four mana and tapping Lithiform Engine, you get another copy of it. And with this, you can copy something that's going to make a copy of something to get another copy of it. Hey, that sounds like it's solidly in my wheelhouse, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. So in this case, uh, let's say I cast a Mirror Retriever with a Lithiform Engine and Kirkesh in play. And Mirror Retriever costs two mana. Uh, I cast that Mirror Retriever. And with it on the stack, I activate the Lithiform Engine for four mana, tap it to copy a permanent spell I control. And then I tap a red mana to copy that ability with Kirkesh. Now, I've paid a total of seven mana for three copies of Mirror Retriever. Mm -hmm. right? That's not Seems bad. Good. It's not bad. It's not bad when you can do it each and every turn with each and every permanent spell you cast or each and every spell you cast. Uh, I mean, even the middle ability on Lithiform Engine, three tap, copy target, instant or sorcery spell you control. Imagine doing that with a Chaos Warp. You're paying three for the spell, three for the Lithiform Engine, and one for the Kirkesh copy, and suddenly you're Chaos Warping three permanents on the battlefield. That's fantastic utility. You can go a step further and, hey, let's say we make an obscene amount of mana somehow, and we Starstorm. Okay, yeah. Or, or, sorry, a Comet Storm. Comet, Comet Storm, Storm yeah. player. Star Storm is just creatures. But let's say we Comet Storm. And we Comet Storm, and we multi-kicker Comet Storm so that it targets all three of our opponents. And then we copy it with Lithiform Engine. And then we copy the activation with Kirkash. And now, even if we've paid five mana for that Comet Storm, we're paying an additional four mana. And now we've gone from doing five damage to each opponent to 15 damage to each opponent. Yeah. That's that, where things really start to scale oh, in terms yeah, of economy yeah. of value. Right? So uh, I think that this deck ends up being uh, very, very artifact-heavy, of course. Uh, more utility creatures than not. So like I mentioned with Mirror Retriever, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we, we have, uh, let's see, Kirk Clan Ironworks in the deck so that we can generate a lot of mana and ramp into our bigger artifacts. Right, And maybe we go all in with a strategy of let's fireball out our opponents. Let's try and generate as much mana as possible by creating copies of our artifacts with some stuff or tutoring out uh, a lot of colorless mana generation. The three and dynamos of the world, uh, all of our soul rings and multiple mana effects are uh, mana positive or mana neutral mana rocks. We can include a few rituals in here, like a Mana Geyser, for instance, always a big favorite of mine. And then uh, we can try and close a game out with a Crackle with Power, which is one of my new favorite game enders of all time in red, uh, because it's just it's made for our format. Mm -hmm. Just came uh, out in Strip Saving, too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. These all make for great ads, great utility. Uh, and if that's going to be our game plan where we're saying, hey, let's just go ham on artifacts 
in here with artifact mana generation, big splashy abilities. Uh, we're going to want to make sure that we grease those wheels and we've got some utility in here too. Uh, I always like including things that synergize with my commander, but then also with the uh, the overall theme of the deck or with the overall build. So in this case, an Endless Atlas, where we can pay, pay two and tap this two-mana artifact to draw a card if we control three or more lands with the same name. And in a monocolor deck, that's going to be easy. But with Kirkesh out, this is suddenly three mana, two colorless and a red, to draw two cards every turn. And with the stuff that we're going to be able to be cheating out, in a deck like this, or the mana ramp that we'll be getting by using artifact mana to ramp into more artifact mana, it seems like having our hands full is going to be a big boon here, because we're going to be vomiting out all of this colorless stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and again, you're going to just have a whole lot of good utility stuff there, so in case you need to pivot, or in case someone decides to board wipe you, or mm -hmm. artifact wipe you, you have some ways to be able to get around that. You have the redundancy of the card draw, and you can just basically copy any or almost any ability you need to just to make sure you get to stay on track. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, if, if we were in more colors, I would not shy away from putting a uh, Zerta the Dawn Waker in here. Sure. Uh, because 90% of what we're going to include in here is going to be an artifact with an activated ability. Right? Uh, I, I mean, I, I say that, but again, Kirkesh doesn't have an activated ability, so it wouldn't make sense with this commander in particular. But, uh, but there's still a lot that we can do in a deck like this. Uh, look at uh, similars. And that's what my next step would be here. So once I've done a broad search on Scryfall, and I've seen what kind of things that we can include in here, or what I would want to include in here, I make a rough list, probably about 30 or so cards, maybe 40 cards. But then I would say, what does this commander function like? What kind of buckets would I put this commander in, and who would be in those same buckets? And then I head over to a tool like EDH Rack. And I head over to EDH Rack and I take a look at Kirkesh. And I take a look at other similars that are in these colors to see what overlaps between my game plan and their game plan. So here I would look at Duretti Scraps Avant. I would look at Bosch Iron Golem. And I would see what cards are commonly included in these decks that I would include in mine. And a lot of people say, hey, I don't use EDH rec. It results in the homogeny of deck building because you are not going outside of the box. That's one of the reasons why I always recommend going to Scryfall first, including everything that you can in an initial list, and then see what other people are doing. There is absolutely no harm in seeing who came before you. What have other people built? Because it's up to you to say, no, that shouldn't be in my deck, or that's not the kind of deck that I build. Nobody goes to a, an EDH rack and says, I'm going to include everything in my 99 that somebody else has included in their 99. No, there's going to be overlap, there's going to be redundancy, but in the end, you decide. You say, I want to include this and not that. Sure, and that's really what's so great about this format is we can make those choices. We can say, well, I would like to power this deck up, make sure I can generate infinite mana in two or three different ways, 
kill people with KCI or whatever and just be able mm-hmm. to then ramp, ramp, ramp combo into Comet Storm or Fireball or something similar like that. Or you could Absolutely. just make this a really super casual deck too. The Again, the Battle Cruiser style where it's just... I just have a lot of really funky artifacts and I can just copy their silly abilities. Like, again, if, if people have been listening to my uh, podcast for enough time, you know that I really love Trading Post. It's definitely mm-hmm. one of my favorite cards of all time, Magic, because the the fact that I get to use my custom Michael Jordan token uh, <laughs> for, for, for Trading Post for GOAT, you know, the G-O-A-T, obviously. And I the, the, the ability to utilize Kirkesh to be able to copy that ability so I can make two goats per turn, well, all of a sudden, that, that starts sounding pretty spicy, even at casual tables. So, yeah, the, the, the ability that Kirkesh can be built on so many different levels definitely makes it a very flexible commander and really brings out a lot of the, a lot of the pros of this format. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, if I wanted to take this in a direction for me... Uh, for a, a deck that only I would want to make, uh, I would look at one of my new favorite cards out of Modern Horizons 2, and that's Academy Manufacturer. Uh, because there are a few artifacts with activated abilities that make food tokens. Uh, so what I would want to do is I would want to maybe see if there's a shell that I could build around Academy Manufacturer, some of the cards that we've mentioned, along with the Underworld Cookbook and Witch's Oven. Mm-hmm. to see if we can double up on those to make more tokens, to make more tokens, to be able to do more with them. I think that that's another way to snowball and include a lot of synergies in here, because when you can, say, discard a card to make a food token, paying an extra red to make two fo- food tokens, but every time you make a food token, you're making a treasure, a food, and a clue, mm. suddenly you've turned one card in your hand and one mana into two treasures, two clues, and two food that kind of advantage snowballs pretty quickly, especially if we are including something like a Kirk Clan Ironworks, where now all of those tokens make two mana for us. Uh, I think that, uh, that that's a great little way to take this deck, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, now that you bring that up, that, yeah, that that's some pretty gross value right there, just being able to utilize the manufacturer to just get so many tokens. Oh, man, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's That's good. Yeah, it, it gets there. It gets there. And I mean, again, this is a commander where you get extra value out of those little artifacts where you're able to do things like sacrifice a creature in order to make a food token, in order to make a treasure, a clue, and a food. But also, you might be sacrificing that creature and getting three other triggers on board, too, like from that uh, that scrap trawler that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you might get a lot of little synergies like that. Maybe you ping somebody by uh, having a creature go to the graveyard, right? Maybe your Pia's Revolution triggers and has an opponent choose to pay three life or take three damage, or you get that back to your hand. Mm-hmm. And those kind of loops are things that we can do over and over again. And those are when we start to get that Rube Goldberg machine going. Oh, definitely. Right? Uh, especially if with a, a Academy Manufacturer... We're making a treasure token, and that treasure token now pays for Kirkesh's activated ability every time we're making another one of those tokens. That means you're ending up mana neutral on this, and as soon as you can end up mana neutral on something or untap something in order to get a repeated action, that's when you start getting a loop together. That's when you start getting a combo together. Yep, and it definitely allows you so much freedom with this commander. 
Just so yes. many ways you can build this. I'm, I'm, I obviously haven't looked at the EDH rec page for Kirkesh, but I'm sure it's full <laughs> of a lot of very different strategies. And that's really why they landed on this list. Hey, and that's why you do this show, too, because every commander has a million ways to build it. Oh, yeah, especially especially when you decide that you want to try to do something different. You could build it the way everyone else does, or you could do something very different, and that's where a lot of the show came from, and it's why I'm glad you were able to join me on today's episode here, Chris. It was great having you, as always. Uh, my absolute pleasure, MJ. All right, again, where can people find you and your Let's Do a Brew segment on the Internet? Uh, you can find me on YouTube by searching Commander Mechanic. You'll see my show. I post two videos a week with uh, occasional seasons of my Let's Do a Brew podcast, but you can also find me on Twitter at CMDR Mechanic. All right, and if you want to listen to more of the Lightning Build series that I've done here in the past, you can find all of those as well as the entire back catalog for my podcast on Google, Spotify, Apple, Player FM, MTG Cast, and many, many other podcast outlets. You can also find me on Twitter at, at MTG in Quarantine. All right, so again, I'd like to thank you, Chris, for taking the time to be here today. You've been listening to the MTG in Quarantine podcast. My name's MJ. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.